It was hot outside, with an overcast sky threatening to let loose with a torrent of water and electricity. Emily listened as the people milling about on the train station platform began moving toward the lines that were being formed for embarkation. The day was also unbelievably muggy, and she could feel her long brown hair plastered to the back of her neck. She sighed, thinking how badly she did not want to be here, and moved to take her place in the line. Slowly, the line crept forward. Even on the best of days, Detroit was not her idea of a vacation destination. Why on earth she was heading there seemed a mystery. Oh sure, Thomas, her editor at the Atlanta Constitution Herald, told her the collapse of the Big Three and the death of the American auto industry was big news. But Emily knew the real reason she was on this god-awful assignment was because Thomas was convinced, since she was from Detroit, she would have an easier time of it than Jamie Wilkes, born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. It didn't matter how many times she tried to tell Thomas she was from Detroit Metro, the city of Wayne, to be specific, and had stayed away from Detroit proper as much as possible when she was growing up. He wasn't having any of it. Emily pulled the envelope containing her train tickets from her purse. She handed her Atlanta to Detroit ticket to the porter, a young and, in her opinion, handsome young Asian man standing in the doorway, and returned the Detroit to Atlanta ticket back to her purse. She flashed him a bright smile, and she thought for the briefest of moments he returned it. But then he slapped his professional mask back on and looked to the elderly African-American gentleman behind her, took his ticket, and so on. Emily suppressed a chuckle that even at 44, she was still a looker. She worked out five times a week, not including the three nights of Aikido classes she had taken every week since the age of 22. Her skin took a good tan, unlike her sister, Natalie, who burned like a lobster all summer long. Oh well, she thought to herself as she looked back at the porter. You're lost, kiddo. She headed down the corridor and found her compartment. Looking inside at the four seats, each pair facing each other, she let her shoulders sag in relief at the heavily air-conditioned draft that struck her face as she opened the compartment door. She put her purse and carry-on bag in the overhead compartment and sat in one of the seats by the window. The cool leather felt good on her hot, bare legs. Emily loved taking the train. Since childhood, she had been a fan of the mystery and murder stories from the late Victorian period that always seemed to contain at least one long train ride. Emily was just reaching into her shorts pocket when the compartment door opened and a woman with a young child stepped inside. Emily smiled as they entered the compartment. The young child, a little girl, smiled back. But the woman Emily assumed was her mother didn't even seem to look at her as they settled into their seats across from Emily. Emily turned back to the window, and a few minutes later their train began to move away from the platform, beginning the trip north, back to Detroit. A little less than half an hour into the trip, Emily was just beginning to doze off when the mother spoke a little too sharply to the little girl. You need to sit still, Mindy the mother said, in a voice that seemed to resonate somewhere in the recesses of Emily's mind. I'm sorry, Mama, the little girl said softly. You're always sorry, the mother said in a tone that, to Emily's ears, was full of forced calm. She made a quick glance in Emily's direction with a look that seemed to shout, You'll mind your own damn business if you know what's good for you, honey. Wow, Emily thought to herself. 
This lady could have given Aunt Sally a run for the cool bitch of the year contest. Why had she just thought that, she wondered. She hadn't thought about Aunt Sally in a long time. Maybe not since three years ago when she had gone out to see Natalie in California, after Nat had gotten that job with the National Park Service. They had stayed up late that night, drinking a little too much wine and reminiscing about days gone by. She supposed, thinking of stern-faced Sally Paulson, a woman who had never said an unnecessary word yet could make you feel like queen of the free world with her rare smiles, still hurt too much. But there really wasn't much to talk about when it came to Aunt Sally and that one very long summer. Natalie had, after all, only been three to Emily's eleven when they had gone to stay with Aunt Sally in that scary old house off Telegraph Road. That had been the summer their father found a job working in a lumber camp in the Upper Peninsula. Normally, when Daddy got work requiring him to be away for a long time, the girls stayed with Grandma and Grandpa down in Hotlanta, as their father always referred to the city Emily now called home. But that was the summer Grandpa Bill had taken Granny Marie to France. So, John Paulson had to leave his two girls with his sister, Sally.